All right, today's going to be a little bit different. Today I'm going to have three people come and share, and those three people are Eileen, Maggie, and uh, Linda. And I know that for a lot of you guys that's been part of our church, you guys kind of have walked through Eileen's journey, and so, so Eileen's giving just a powerful testimony of just what God's been doing. And then Maggie, for those that know Maggie, I've heard her testimony, crazy testimony, right? She's going to give kind of almost like an update testimony as well of kind of God's goodness this past year. And then uh, we have Linda, who's newer to our church. Uh, She's never been up here. She's kind of scared to come up, but uh, uh, she'll be fine. But she's going to be sharing just about the goodness of God in her life today. And so uh, we're going to be going through that, but I wanted to start off before we go into worship with Isaiah 43, verse 18 to 19, and it says this. It says, forget the former things, do not dwell on the past. See that I am doing a new thing, a new thing. Now it springs up, do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. In the words of Isaiah, we're reminded to embrace the newness that God brings into our lives And our stories are all part of this big redemptive plan that God set in motion through Jesus, right? And so some of us, we're looking at 2023 and it was a good year. Others, you're looking at 2023 and you're just like, I can't wait for this year to end. But regardless of where you are, I want us to remind ourselves and I want to encourage us to see that our stories are part of the unfolding story of God's faithfulness in our midst. That our stories is a reflection of God's faithfulness. Uh, So today I want our worship to be an acknowledgement of God's ongoing work. That God will make a way even when there seems to be no way. So let's pray and we're going to get into worship here. Father God, we thank you. Lord, that even in times that we may not fully see what has happened this past year, but Lord, remind us that no matter what happened this last year, that there's a new year coming, that there's a new beginning. And so, Lord, we just continue to walk out this tension, but Lord, we look towards you because of your faithfulness in our lives. So Lord, today as a church, we give you our worship. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now I'm going to ask Eileen to come on up. Good morning, church. My name is Eileen, and uh, I have my husband, SP, and my three girls, Emily, Hannah, and Laura here with me uh, to support me. They have been my lifeline here on earth. Um, It's been an emotional two weeks for me, and uh, as I share my story, uh, you'll understand why. So December 31st, exactly one year ago today, I was lying in a hospital bed. Yes, I did spend Christmas and New Year's at Surrey Memorial Hospital. In fact, I was in there for 37 long days. I'm currently battling metastatic colon cancer. I was first diagnosed almost 10 years ago. Since then, I have had five cancers, first on my colon, then on my ovary and my ureter, 
I went through chemotherapies, radiation, and four major surgeries. I had more than two feet of intestines resected, had the hysterectomy to remove a 20-centimeter tumor, and another surgery to remove my right kidney. Currently, the cancer had spread to my lungs, my bladder, and somewhere in my pelvis. My current prognosis isn't great. My oncologist said that I will be on chemo treatment for the rest of my life. Because of the many abdominal surgeries, there were scar tissues and narrowing of the bowels. In August uh, 2022, I started experiencing episodes of partial bowel obstruction. Food couldn't pass through my bowels. During an episode, I would throw up and have severe abdominal pain. It would go on for hours. I was prescribed morphine to manage the pain. This went on for about three to four months, and towards the later part, I would go without food for more than a week at a time. It was rough. Finally, on December 5th, 2022, I checked into ER. But it wasn't until mid-December that the full bowel obstruction occurred, and I was sent in for emergency surgery. The surgeon had to cut off even more section of the intestines. While recovering from the surgery, I developed an infection in my abdomen. Then several days later, there was a second infection that developed a three centimeter abscess that had passed in there. It wasn't good news. The doctors prescribed a broad spectrum antibiotic, hopefully to fight the infections. My lungs also started to fill with fluid making breathing very difficult. My legs started to swell from the water retention. I was in a very bad shape last year. On Christmas Eve, I was in so much discomfort, pain, and breathlessness. I told my family that I don't think I'm going to make it through the night. I had begged God to take me home. I so badly wanted the suffering to end. Yet I was begging him not to take me home that night because Christmas would never be the same for my family again. But in the wee hours of Christmas morning, I started to turn around for the better. My infection marker miraculously took a dip. When my husband SP saw me on Christmas morning, he said I looked so much better than the night before. I sincerely believe that the resurrecting power of Jesus Christ got me through the night. His birth also became my birth. My time on earth is not done. During the entire hospital stay, I cried two times. It wasn't from pain or from fear of death. Both times it was because I had an encounter with God. Don't get me wrong, I was really upset and frustrated. I questioned God. I asked him why I was going through such immense physical suffering. I asked where he was. I even challenged him to perform a miracle on me. One night when I couldn't sleep because I couldn't breathe properly and I was very discouraged, he showed up in the show, The Chosen. Jesus healed a woman who had been bleeding for many years. And in my earbuds, I heard the voice of Jesus saying to her, fear not for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. And she sobbed, and I sobbed like a baby. 
I let all my pent-up emotions, my fears, my pain, my weariness, I let it all out that night. I felt like Jesus was speaking to me directly. Eileen, you are mine. His presence that night was tangible. I know he didn't abandon me, and that gave me enough courage to get me through the next day. After waiting for more than a week for the procedure to drain the abscess, it finally happened after the new year. One doctor had told me for the antibiotics to work, the pus from the abscess must first be drained. I laid on the table on the bed, waiting anxiously for the doctor to put in the needle. He came up to me and said, guess what? The abscess had disappeared. The antibiotics must have done its work. But I knew better. Again, I sobbed. With relief and awe, knowing that this was the miraculous work of my Heavenly Father. Today I stand here testifying on the power, on the mercy, and on the goodness of my Lord Jesus Christ. I was able to truly enjoy this past Christmas with my family and friends. And for that, I am so, so thankful. God's power clearly exceeds my ability to understand it. In times of brokenness, this gives me hope. God can do anything, including what he did for Job, as he sustained him during suffering. I submit to this sovereignty. Job 13, 15 says, Though he slay me, I will hope in him. If not for this hope, I wouldn't be able to go on. I want to center my story, not around myself, but on Christ. He is the reason for my hope, my peace, my joy, in the midst of all my suffering. Though I waver many times, I know deep down, his plans for me is the best plan. I trust that he loves me deeply, and I trust in his faithfulness. He's my good, good father, and I feel safe in the palm of his hands. In Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 to 6, it says this, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. Sometimes we don't understand what's going on. Sometimes it's hard for us to trust in God. Sometimes God even seems absent or it feels like he doesn't see us. In Eileen's testimony, she talked about the moments in her heart, in her spirit, where she just felt like, this is it, this is the end. Yet in it, she trusts. I love the line that Eileen says that I want to, I want to center my story into the center of Christ's story. That is such a powerful statement because that's what this verse is calling us to do. It's to not lean on our own understanding and in all our ways submit to him. It's calling us to trust in the transformative power of God's narrative over our limited understanding. This, poor, this proverb tells us to trust the, in God with all our hearts but to acknowledge his sovereignty over our lives. Eileen's story should give us hope. Eileen's story should give us joy. 
we've been able to walk with Eileen over all these years and we've been able to see just the things that God is doing in her life. And honestly, some of us, we don't fully understand what's going on in her story. So many years of battling cancer. Why Eileen again? We've walked with her so many years through this again. There's another diagnosis. Why? We don't understand. But this proverb reminds us to trust. This proverb reminds us that God is sovereign over our lives. And this proverb reminds us that we could center our lives in the center of Jesus' story. So today as we continue to worship, let us align our ways with God's grand narrative, trusting him to make our path straight. I'm going to ask Maggie to come on up. Good morning, Five Stones Church. Hallelujah. Because of my 40 minutes last year testimony, Pastor John at this time say, Maggie, you have five minutes. <laughs> so I want to be a good sheep. I figured out that I cannot speak five minutes, so I had to write down at this time. Good job. For those who don't know me yet, uh, I just decided to write down a, a brief summary. When I first arrived at Five Stones Church two years ago, I was broken in so many ways. After fighting breast cancer that led me to chemotherapy, surgery, radiotherapy, I was brought to New, West, New Westminster with my six-year-old daughter. And we were left in a hotel room with no money, no documents, no Canadian visa or work permit, no family around or friends. It was January 31st, on the worst winter of my life. The desert was complete. I need one more minute. But God was in the desert. Through the compassion of real people used by God's almighty hand and his perfect plan, we were fed, nurtured, loved by this church community. We lacked no food, clothes, shoes, toys, and a house to live that was provided by the family of God that expected nothing in return. In one of the most expensive cities to live in this world. One year ago, in December 2022, we were still waiting to see what God had for us in 2023, as we were still living on God's miraculous provision day after day. The same God who sent manna to his people in the desert was right here doing it all again. We are all about the expectation of how our future would look like. But here comes 2023. In January 6, I received my so-weighted permanent residence in Canada. 
And with that, the dignity of being able to work, drive, seeing a doctor, and other simple things that we used to have for granted when we live a normal life. In May 2023, I got my driver's license after failing twice, according to my daughter. <laughs> the driver's license was also on God's plan. After five years out of workplace, no working for a long time, I had no idea of what to do. I applied for all kinds of jobs. I just want to get a job as soon as possible and feel that I could feed myself and my daughter again. But that license also encouraged me to apply for my area of expertise in Brazil, what was managing shopping malls. In July 23, I got two job offers to manage a, a commercial complex. And the second offer, for my surprise, would pay me 50% more than the first one, giving me an income that's above the family average income in BC, which is a miracle that I cannot measure. To get at my work location every day by public transportation would be quite a challenge to manage. But two days prior to my first day at work, he provided me with a car. The car that he had showed me at least three times, more than three years ago. He keep on showing a car and I didn't understand why. There was four cars in my garage, but I could not drive any of those. That was not mine. Three years ago, just once more of his faithfulness. As you can see, 2023 was a year of answered prayers. But much more than that, in the last few years, I got, I got to experience the amazing privilege of being called daughter of God, the God of Israel. His unquestionable care, love, and faithfulness are worth much more than any other achievements in life. And I want to finalize wishing you a 2024 of answered prayers but more than that, a year where you be reminded that your relationship with the Father is more important than any material thing you may be expecting. And I want to read these two scriptures. 2 Corinthians 4, 8-9. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down but not destroy it. Psalms 41 to 3. I waited patiently for the Lord. He returned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and mire. He set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and fear the Lord and put their trust in him. Thank you, Five Stones Church. Thank you, Almighty Lord and Savior. Thank you, Jesus, Yeshua, the Messiah, to the Father of the fatherless, to the God of all earth. I will praise your name forever. To you be the glory, the glory that you deserve. Happy 2024. <laughs>
just share from the Valin. <laughs> so I got from Armenian. Eileen, for me, is a huge testimony. My hair was just like hers two years ago, three years ago. And when I was hearing her testimony today, I was reminded that yesterday I was hearing uh, a preaching, and I need to be reminded of that every day, and I just feel like sharing with you because many times we forget where we are going to. Sometimes we forget and we keep on living on this earth, forgetting that this is not, not our house. And when we go through trials like this, um, our eyes go to the eternity. And when we leave looking to the eternity, all our perspective change. It changed the way you see things. It changed, it changed your whole understanding of life and your whole expectation, because your expectation is not here only. You are expecting something much greater than this. I don't want anybody to go through what I did, what Eileen is going through, but we got to a place, in a very graceful place of understanding that our home and our Father has so much more for us on earth, and beyond. So bless you. Thank you, Mickey. In so many ways, as we've been able to journey with Maggie from the first days that she, she came through the doors at Five Stones, listening to her story, not knowing if She's trying to scam me or not. Just felt so surreal. To today, seeing her getting her PR status, getting her healthcare in order, getting her car, getting her job. She's God's provision and his, his blessings is pouring out and his provision. That's in Maggie's life. In Psalm 65, 11, it says this. It says, you crown the year with your bounty and your carts overflow with abundance. This imagery of God crowning the year with bounty speaks of God's kingdom breaking into our world. Actually, the whole psalm speaks of the character of God and His majesty as we worship. Let us continue to Look towards God and His provision, His way. May He said that this isn't our home, that there's so much more that God has for us, that there's so much more that God continues to pour out into us, that the trials that we're going through right now is temporary, it's not permanent that we can trust in God, even though it's hard to see that moment right now. I believe that in Maggie's story that we're able to see that even in that year of waiting, between her coming through the doors until Jesus, until Jesus started pouring out his provisions, it was fast, one year. 
But that one year felt so long for Maggie. I remember sitting with her and her just crying desperately saying, I don't, maybe I should just go back. Maybe I should just leave. Maybe I should just give up. But yet in all those moments, Maggie said, you know what, God is there. I can trust. And then this last year has been a year of just bounty that God has broken into her world. And so as we continue to worship, let us anticipate the overflowing abundance of God's grace, God's goodness in this coming year. Let us align our hearts with the reality of God's kingdom advancing. Linda, you want to come on up? Hello. Good morning, everyone. Um, stage fright is a testimony in itself. <laughs> um, hallelujah. So do it afraid, as Joyce Meyer would say. Um, be strong and courageous, um, God would say. We were made to be courageous. Um, some of you might have had attended the prophetic long weekend um, earlier this year. Did anything <laughs> come to pass? <laughs> well, one of the prophetic ministers uh, prophesied that there will be single women here at the church. There will be single men here at the church. And I claimed it. <laughs> Did you? So. Soon after, um, a few church members prayed for a godly man. And um, a few weeks later, someone special appeared sitting next to me every Sunday. Sunday after Sunday. <laughs> uh, small talks, small talks. And um, a few months later, he finally asked me for my contact. So we decided to meet outside of church. Um, Soon later, he officially asked me to be his girlfriend. <laughs> Fast forward one month later, I met his parents. Um, so, two months later, <laughs> um, Christian dating the right way. <laughs> God sent Godspeed. Um, he popped the ring this, this week. So you know someone is from God when there's a, a piece of peace of God, like God gives you the peace. It's like God's signature. So prior to officially dating each other, we both were seeing other people. No, 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 no. <laughs> um, we both knew it wasn't uh, right until we got right with God and right with each other. And prior to dating, God gave me a beautiful dream. He appeared in my dream, holding hands into the church. And of course, I did not reveal it until it actually happened. Um, so both of our uh, spousal prayer lists aligned. Only God can set that up. <laughs> I kept running away from men like all my life. Um, I knew God was doing something. <laughs> Maybe just to bring them to church but no missionary dating. <laughs> but this one I finally ran towards. 
um, when we put God first, he gives us the desires of our hearts. So nothing is impossible with God. Um, Matthew 6, 33, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. There's hope for you, single ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> so ladies, don't go chasing after men because men are the ones built to chase. Um, men, be, be brave. <laughs> you are made to be courageous. Um, so, but be ready for what you pray for. But first, be mentally, emotionally, and spiritually healthy. Um, I, was in an and I was in an extremely toxic relationship because I was disobedient. Little did I know dating someone from church can be unsafe. A friend of mine who married a pastor in Ottawa um, texted me out of the blue and asked me if I was okay because he had a dream of a girl crying in front of a computer screen. And I just dropped my phone. I started crying with shivers. How did he, how did he know? It's God. Um, I even prayed on my knees to see, a, to see or hear a sign from God. I opened the Bible for the first time ever. Just randomly opened the Bible, trusted God. And it was the story of Nabal and Abigail. I cried. At that time, I was attending Coastal Church downtown, and I was late for church. Um, I walked in late. So a pastor was preaching, and he stopped as I walked in and said, I don't know who this is for, but God is telling me someone's in a, an abusive relationship and you should get out now. <laughs> I was asking for signs and there were signs everywhere. <laughs> God, God kept on saying no. And I had terrible nightmares and loud warnings from God. I still couldn't get out, tried to escape many times. It, was, it felt like 40 years in the desert. And so finally, police were involved and took him away. God's hand came down and saved me because I couldn't save myself. I was playing the savior, trying to help him become a better person. Satan was strong, but God is stronger. Almost lost my faith. God had rescued me, healed me ever so quickly, and restored all things when I let go, let God, and surrendered. God will make a way when there seems to be no way. Deuteronomy 33 to 13. Then the Lord your God will restore your fortunes. He will have mercy on you and gather you back from all the nations where he has scattered you. Even though you were banished to the ends of the earth, the Lord your God will gather you back there and bring you back again. So no matter what we've been through or going through, God always has a way to set things straight and right. Whatever you may be going through, be strong and courageous. Joshua 1.9, do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Stop stealing the pen and let God write your love story or your story, his story, in his time. Be strong and courageous for our new journey and to all of yours. All glory be to God. <laughs> I'm feeling like I'm about to faint. <laughs> um. <laughs> Now my fiance, Marius. <laughs> Happy New Year. Linda had actually sent me another testimony and then changed it this week for me. <laughs> Congratulations, you guys.
I think one of the things that that Linda took hold of this past year was this prophetic word that was given to all the ladies, single ladies in our church. She took hold of that and said that this is my promise from God. This is what God has for me. Not knowing what was to come because the prophetic conference happened even before Mary started coming to our church, then I said, this is mine. And I know a lot of the single ladies here has taken that too. In Philippians 3, it says, Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead. I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. The forward-looking nature of the Christian life is understanding that our faith journey involves this continual growth and progress. It involves us looking towards the prize for which God had called me to, which is in Christ Jesus. Oftentimes when we look at our Christian walk and our journey, we look at all the things that are happening around us we try to make sense, we try to grasp onto the things that, oh, this feels right, this, this kind of aligns, this kind of works and fits into what God's promises for me is, that sometimes we lose sight, that sometimes those are just distractions and not what Jesus has for us. The prize is Jesus. The prize is Christ. The prize is your story coming alongside Christ's story and Christ transforming you to become more like him. I'm so glad that Linda and Marius has this incredible story of their, their stories coming together. I believe that it is an answer to prayer for both of them, not just for Linda, but also for Marius himself. That is, he, he was praying about waiting for this girl to come and this girl to meet, that Linda was praying at the same time, and it's not this thing that, that by chance it just happened. That there was something that they were both chasing after, and it was God's promise for them. They were chasing after the promise that Jesus had laid before them. They were chasing after the promise that God has said, I am going to give you someone to walk alongside you. Church, that's something for us to grasp a hold of today. That sometimes things in our lives in this past year might look like, oh, I thought it was going a certain way and it didn't go that way. Or I, I was hoping that this would turn out to be like this, but it didn't turn out the way that I had hoped for it to turn out. I don't want us to be discouraged because of those things because if we continue to focus on what Jesus has for us, on the person of Jesus and the story of Jesus, that we are all part of this redemptive plan, that as a church, that every single one of you guys are part of this plan and the story that Jesus is writing, that we will get to see the glory of Jesus.
that we will get to see what his promises for us come into fruition. That we will get to walk alongside of Jesus and his plan for your life. So as we continue to worship in this new year, I want us to be inspired by this determination to move forward in faith and trust in the unfolding plan of God. At this time, I also want to open up a time of prayer. We're going to have the ministry team standing on that side for now. Uh, But I want us to go into a season, if you want to go to the ministry team and you're just like, hey, I'm just going to grab someone beside me, and I'm going to ask them to pray for me. That's, that's cool, too. Just ask for permission first, okay? Just say, hey, can you pray for me? Don't just get, hey. Um, or if you feel compelled to pray for someone beside you, ask to. But I want this time, as we continue in worship, we're going to have a little bit of a longer set right now for us to really focus on what God has for you in this next year. But also to be able to release what God, what what this past year was about. Those moments where you feel like God was absent. Those moments where you feel like, I don't understand what is going on. I want you to give that over to God. I want you to surrender all of those things to God. I want you to submit under his authority and his sovereignty and say, God, I trust that you have more for me. In Revelation 21.5, it says, He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. In the book of Revelation, John records this vision of God making everything new. This is God's ultimate plan of renewal and restoration. So as we step into this new year, as we continue to worship together as a church, as a community, as a family, I want us to proclaim our belief that these words are trustworthy and true of the one who is making all things new. Church, let us open our hearts and embrace the newness that God is ushering in, crowning our journey with his abundance in the spirit of submission and trust Let our worship be a tapestry woven within the threads of biblical wisdom as we enter into this new year. May our faith be strengthened. May our hearts be filled with gratitude and our worship be a testimony of the enduring faithfulness of God. And may the grace of God, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, and the peace of Jesus be with you all. Cross in Jesus' name. Amen. Happy New Year. We'll see you guys at Lord Calvin next year. <laughs>